filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a while since our buddy of Wine, Wall, and Dragon fan, fame, excuse me, Dan O'Brien, has joined us on the Filibuster Freestyle. But, in fact, Dan O'Brien has joined us tonight on the Filibuster Freestyle. What's up, Dan? Happy to be here, Gav. It's a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you. Oh, of course, absolutely. Let me just turn your volume up best I can. There we go. Um, so, listen, this is kind of an emergency podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm going to set it up as such. As many of the listeners will know here in the Filibuster Freestyle, myself and Roscoe P. very much like to vote for and speculate upon who will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right, and I always love those episodes, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, and Roscoe P., thank you, sir, for doing such a good job on those. However, the other day, I went on Twitter or Instagram, probably both, and shared my five votes for, for the 2019 induction class. And we'll get into those. I did not vote for Stevie Nicks, and that prompted one Dan O'Brien of Wine Walls and Dragon's fame <laughs> to show me his and tell me I was an idiot, essentially, for not voting for Stevie Nicks. And so I said, well, why don't we make this a podcast? And so here we are today, and we're going to talk about Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Gavin, as you know, that I do not interact with a whole bunch of freestyle on social media for whatever reason. I just don't get involved. It's not your bag. You keep going. I'll be right back. Um, but I, I, will, I will say, to, you know that it made me furious if it made me get on online and at the filibuster freestyle about the egregious mis- misplacement uh, of Stevie Nicks out of your top five, not even your top one, top five. She's not even in there. Um, you can tell I'm mad right now. I'm still I'm furious. Yeah, luckily you're a, you're a, you're a calm and, and sensible man. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, this would probably devolve into a shouting match. But I might, you know, I'm, you know, I don't. Depending on how this goes tonight, maybe I'll start up a competing podcast. Devoted to Stevie Nicks, maybe Wine Wall and Dragons. I don't know. So the stakes are really high in that I may not only lose my expert pundit for Wine Wall and Dragons before the final season of the show. Yeah. But you may start a Stevie Nicks podcast out of spite. It could be similar to some of Stevie Nicks' breakups within Fleetwood Mac. And how apropos that would be. So really quickly, my first thing I'll say about Stevie Nicks is, and you just mentioned it, She's already in the Hall of Fame as a member of Fleetwood Mac. Now, yes. that, does not, that does not mean that she should not get in as an individual performer. I agree with you. But let me hit you with an outlandish theory on what people like Stevie Nicks, who have found a way to qualify for consideration in a second iteration, mm-hmm. I have a hot take on how we should potentially induct those people. Okay? Okay. So... I think if you're going to be brought in a second time, there should be a once every four-year induction, a quadrennial Olympic-style celebration of everybody who is a second or third or multi-timer to the Hall of Fame. So So instead of saying, oh, Stevie Nicks, you're already in the Hall of Fame as a member of Fleetwood Mac, but you're going to keep out Def Leppard so we can put you in again, it's... Hey, wait a minute, everybody. Instead of adding in all these watered-down acts, not the Stevie Nicks one, every year, every fourth year, we're going to look at all the people worthy of getting in a second time, and we're going to do like an Olympics of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
so that people could potentially get kicked out? No, more importantly, that like it, it's recognizing that this, these people, like there's no question Stevie Nicks should get in, but I'm also kind of like, she's already in, even though it's yeah. not for her body of work. So what I'm saying is it should be a separate thing. Like the, the, on the level of the pyramid to steal from Bill Simmons with his basketball thing, right. there should be like a regular induction for like regular Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. And then like if Stevie, Stevie's kind of like on the Mount Rushmore of like, she's in twice, just like... Uh, Tom Petty or, or Paul McCartney or whoever. Yeah, yeah. John Lennon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So uh, what I'm basically saying is instead of me apologizing to you for saying she's at least sixth place on my ballot, what I'm saying is she deserves her own special ballot. Her own wing for, for two-timers. For two-times, two-times, two-time Hall of Famers. <laughs> um, all right, well, that, that softens the blow, certainly, uh, but I still think you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I just wanted to think of a creative way to get out of it, you know? <laughs> And you know what, I, I think it, is, it was two parts. It was one, the omission of Stevie Nicks yes. was the first slight and in the first cut. The inclusion of others like, say, an LL Cool J, who that, that could be its own podcast. It's like Stevie Nicks versus LL Cool J, who's more worthy? And you know what, I know I brought him up, but I, I'm not here to... To, to bury LL Cool J, I'm here to celebrate Stevie Nicks. Okay, right. well, look, can I actually give you my hot take defense on LL Cool J? And then we'll yeah, get into. Because yeah. actually, I, I hadn't thought I was going to do that until I started doing some research earlier. Here's my argument for LL Cool J. Okay. I'm going to call it the Barry Bonds argument. Mm. So, Barry Bonds, the baseball player, was arguably a Hall of Fame baseball player before he decided to take. An egregious amounts of PEDs and set home run records and have his brain, his head literally get bigger from all the performance enhancing drugs. A lot of people say about Barry Bonds, if you just wipe out the whole steroids thing and just focus the first 10 years of his career, he's arguably a Hall of Famer. And so what I would say to your point to me, which is that LL Cool J has been corny since the 90s, <laughs> is that the, what he did as a rap pioneer, excuse me, on its own merits consideration for the Hall of Fame. And, and just because he may have been on one too many episodes of NCIS and one too many bad movies and TV shows and had one too many bad songs or maybe 10 too many bad songs. Right. All true. Doesn't mean that what he did when he first broke in those first five or eight or 10 years aren't worthy of getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is my argument specific to TV Nicks versus LL Cool J. Okay. I, I was a huge fan of LL Cool J and am a huge fan of LL Cool J's first three albums. Yes. A transformational. He was the... Going back to Cali, mm -hmm. to one of the coolest songs ever. It holds up. Still holds up. Yeah, holds up. All his 80s rap holds up like other 80s rap does not hold up at all. Even like some of the best 80s rappers like Rakim and whatever... There's still five and a half minute songs with very repetitive beats that are just not necessarily, they don't hold up. Like, you, if you put it on the radio now, it would be like, this is great for 90 seconds, it's good for two minutes. But uh, all right, I get it. It's, right. Know. It's it's a one-trick pony. Yeah, like, rock the, uh, you know, like, any anything from Walk Like a Panther yeah. is still, still great. Even, like, when he got really commercial and, you know, Mama said, knock you out, and it's great, and he owned MTV for, like, a year. Yep. It was, he was fantastic. He was great. Since then, it is not only that he hasn't been commercially successful, and actually he's been super commercially successful. Just not, just not as a rapper. 
not not in the music game, uh, but it's not. But he's has been like the opposite. He's been sort of a joke. It's, he's sort of a goof post ninety one. Sure, really, sure. Uh, in the music world, right? But my, yeah, and my argument would be he's used his status as a rap pioneer and then somehow found a way for like a second career, you know, as a television and, and movie star. And, and not that, that nothing to do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame other than he, his star was burning so hot that he was able to like completely switch streams and be taken seriously doing something else. So, all right, I agree. And that's all great. And, you know, I don't want to spend any more time. No, it's already, yeah. But I want to say the, the mirror image of that is Stevie Nicks, who also... Just, just strictly solo career. Yeah, burned hot and bright for about five, six years. Yep, that's fair. Post then, post that has not seen solo career success, although she has sold out arenas to up until 2014, the last time she toured by herself. Correct. Like she can still fill up an arena, whether it be a country arena, an R and B arena, a rock arena. Like she can fill a, a, a place. But she's still become she's still musically viable and still seen as like a musical influence and influencer sure. and a mentor. Yep. To to all to, to everybody in, in the industry. So like no, she hasn't had that commercial success in the music industry, nor has LL in the last twenty years of his career or so. But she is still be, she's still seen as relevant and cool and you know, on in the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but like, I think we could we could probably argue that it's the, the fifth spot or the first spot, in your opinion, in your heart, <laughs> is not between LL Cool J and, and, and Stevie. I think actually Stevie's going to get in. I think there's yeah, no I there's no question Stevie's going to get in. Um, let, let me. Well, what else? What else on Stevie? I mean, give can me I, some hot takes. Talk about her bona fides. Yeah, give me your bona fides. All right. So first of all, she is. Somebody who, like I said, she's influenced a ton of artists, and we're not just talking about. That's like, important, though. That is rock. Exactly, because you know, this is the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not for the best singer, even though Rolling Stone has her in the top 100 singers of all time. It's not for the best songwriter, even though Rolling Stone has her in the top 100 songwriters of all time. It's not for the best frontman or woman in this case, but it's for somebody who, you know, it represents the influence. You yep. know, Lou Reed's in there twice, by the way, and it's not because of commercial success, it's because Lou Reed and Velvet Underground influenced so many people. Stevie Nicks, specifically for female singers, has been, like, a huge influence on people like Courtney Love, Taylor Swift, Dixie Chicks, uh, you know, Cheryl Crow, Katy Perry, like, they all name her. Oh, yeah. Not- uh, you know, Destiny's Child sampled uh, Edge of Seventeen, and it became a huge hit. Oh, and huge! I mean, yeah, Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels too, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. It brought her back for a little bit. Um, <laughs> like she collaborated with Prince back in the day. Uh, he did the keyboards on a couple of her songs. At, at, uh, yeah. So she's been hugely influ- influential in many genres, not even just one genre. When you talk about actual like hits on her own hits, not. Uh, Fleetwood Mac hits. You talk about her first album, Belladonna. Stop dragging my heart around. Edge of Seventeen, which we previously previously mentioned, Beyonce at her bit, you know, um, Destiny's Child sampled and became a huge hit. Leather and Lace with Don Henley. Mm-hmm. Huge jam, still a fantastic jam. And I challenge you to turn that when it comes on the radio. You won't. Uh, and she did the solo career while she was still in Fleetwood Mac. That's impressive too. Yeah. So she never left. She was just writing her own. She had so much material that she was writing that 
you know, the band would take some of it. Um, and then Wild at Heart, Wild Heart, her second album, which I sent you the clip of her singing backstage, Wild Heart. Yeah. It was like 1983. Um, she's probably coked out, <laughs> but she was for about 25, 30 years. Which, by the way, anybody who can, who can hang on with that type of a, of a dabbling in a certain drug for that long and come out on the other side alive... I got to give them a Scott Weiland honorable mention. You know what I mean? She looks fantastic. She's still got pipes, and she turned 70 this year. Correct. Uh, so Wild Heart album, Stand Back. Great if song. Falls, the Wild Heart song, like I mentioned. Third album, Talk To Me. Underrated song. We don't hear that much anymore. Excellent. When you talk about other songs she wrote and sang with Fleetwood Mac, so I know this doesn't necessarily count, but these were Stevie Nicks songs, 100%. Landside, Slide, Rhiannon, Silver Spring, Gypsy. She wrote them all, and she could have had them on her own album by, her, by herself. And they weren't. You wouldn't even consider any of those four songs Fleetwood Mac. Like yeah, you know. there was definitely a point once she went solo where any of the songs that she did with Fleetwood Mac were debatably, were they Fleetwood Mac songs or were they Stevie Nicks songs? Totally agree. The thing with Stevie Nicks is that she wasn't for one genre. She was like, you know, she was gorgeous. Men loved her. Women thought she was awesome. That she held up the goth movement for four, 20 years by herself. You know, she has totally her own style, and she, like I said, she walk in with all her scarves and you know, smoke machine and whatever. Like she could walk onto the state, the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, and people would applaud and get it because she has talent and song. She'd walk into the Apollo, yeah. And like Nick would would understand. She's a huge, huge in the LGBTQ community. Like, everybody loves her. She's, she was just on American Horror Story this past year. <laughs> she's like Ferris Bueller. She's a righteous dude. She came in for a three-and-a-half-minute scene. It was the season about witches. She comes on. Of course, by the way. They're just like, yeah. They're like, oh, the white witch is here out of nowhere. It's Stevie Nicks. She Nicks. comes on, sings Gypsy for three-and-a-half minutes. It makes no sense, but it worked because she was awesome. Um, so I'm just saying, she is... The total package, just on her own besides Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um, that's sort of my case to a degree. Um, I will also add that, you know, in addition to all those bona fides, I'm going to name a couple people that are in twice. Sure, and please. You tell, me, you tell me if Stevie measures up. And I mentioned Lou Reed. He's in twice. Yep. Ringo Starr in twice, once with the Beatles, once solo. Okay. That's a stretch from the second one, but that's okay. Interesting. Curtis Mayfield with the impressions and solo. That's fair. I think that is totally fair. I think Stevie equals that, at least. Jeff Beck by himself and with the Yardbirds. Eh, all right. So that's, that's, that to me is a little, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Graham Nash. By himself and with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That's a no-go for me on solo, Graham Nash. That's a oh, no-go. Oh, well, guess what? Steven Stills is also into twice. Also a no-go. Yeah, I know. Ron Wood and Rod Stewart from The Faces and Solo. Yeah, so no, but Ron Wood's in for The Stones. Ron Wood got lucky twice. Ron Wood got lucky twice. The Stones and The Faces. The Faces, no. The Faces don't belong in. I, I agree with you. And I will say one thing further. Just to seal the case, there are 22 people who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Zero females. Stevie Nicks would be the first female to go in twice. All right. Well, that that there, two things. One, that is the clincher. Not that you needed it. But two, that is why I'm saying it makes more sense for people like Stevie Nicks to get their own thing. Eh. 
Well, anyway, if, if David friggin' Crosby or fucking Graham Nash, excuse my language. Well, all right, if you can put, if you can put David, her, yeah, all four members of CSNY are in twice by now. Right, is, which is egregious as hell. Yeah, uh, and if we, I'd like to put in Stevie Nicks this year and next year Tina Turner and Diana Ross, who are not in by, their, by themselves yet. Which is insane Tina, on Tina Turner's part. Isn't that part. crazy? Isn't that crazy? Tina Turner was better by herself, I would argue, than with Ike and Tina. Hundred percent. So I think there's a little misogyny here. Going Very much on. so. And well, I think they need to correct. Well, one of my issues, and you'll know. Well, I want to share who I'm voting for, and I'd love for okay, you to yeah, share yeah. too. One of my issues with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the abundance, not only of two-time inducted old white dudes, but just white dudes in general, right? Yes. And so this year, and again, I, I realize Stevie Nicks is not a white dude. Thank you. Yeah. Also, really, really quickly, if you saw the Defiant Ones documentary, I did not know that she dated Jimmy Iovine for a while, but apparently she made an excellent pizza bagels as well as being a singer-songstress. So That's the thing. I, did, I don't want to – it's tough to skirt around that issue because, like, we're talking about her bona fides for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It, besides all that amazingness, she dated every cool person <laughs> and every knock from the 70s and 80s and about, like – she was just in the cut all over the place, yeah. in the mix. She, that is, I did not expect her to be in the Jimmy Iovine thing. And she was a, f- central, f- a central figure. She dated, and for him, she was dating Tom Petty. She was dating, like, it was amazing. Fantastic, by the way. And so that's why I give her the Pizza Bagel Maestro Award, along, along with her Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's great. So she'll get in. But, all right, so here's who I voted for. Um, first nomination for, and I'm... I'm voting I, Def Leppard. If Bon Jovi can get in, Def Leppard should get in. I, I think Def Leppard was a... I'm from New Jersey. My first tape was Slippery When Wet, but Def Leppard was 100% better than Bon Jovi long term. Yes. Janet Jackson should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, 1,000%. I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan. Yeah, so that that has to happen. I, I, I'm voting... I think LA, LL should get in for that exact same diversity. Like... He's a rap pioneer. It's a different kind of music. They only celebrated a couple different acts in the hip-hop genre. And he doesn't happen to be an old white dude, which is huge. Fine. Okay. Fine. I, I'm not excited about what he brings to the jam session at the end. Of the N- not a lot. I get that part. Yeah. Um, Rage Against the Machine. Yes, a huge fan. And then I, I, I said The Cure. I know they're a stretch. I could. I, I, I mean, uh, this is a thing. If it's between... LL, The Cure, and Stevie Nicks. I think Stevie Nicks wins that yes. that triumph by a, by a long shot. And I'm, I'd be fine with it. When The Cure eventually gets in, I think they will. Yeah. Whether it's this year or next or whatever. They're good. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got some good hits. I agree. I think Robert Smith's a very good songwriter. Um, and I think they're influential. But anyway, who, who do you got besides what I just said? Do you have yours in front of you or no? I don't, but that was it. it, it I think I said the... Um, yeah, we were close. We had very close votes, like similar votes, I should MC5? say. MC5? You said MC5, yeah. And they've been nominated a ton in the last five years. I actually have it I have it here, courtesy of the crack research team. Uh, MC5's first year of eligibility was 1991, but they were not nominated until 2003, mm-hmm. and then they weren't nominated again until 2017, but they've been nominated three years in a row since. Um, what do you like about those guys? I don't really know them. I think it's the influence. It's just like the rock. If we're talking about a rock and roll hall of fame, this was one of these. Um, it's a family pot. It's the kick a 
You can say kick A, yeah. From Detroit, who was doing something that nobody, they had a sound that was, quite honestly, it's, if you listen to it, it's the original Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Um, they were political, they were hardcore when it wasn't possible to be so. Um, and I, even if you, if you think about the possibility, this, isn't, this doesn't influence the vote, but you think about the possibility of a jam session with Rage Against the Machine and MC5 on stage at the same time would be, and Stevie Nicks, Jesus, uh, that would be, really, the possibilities are really cool. During a Donald Trump presidency. Yeah, oh God, yeah. Um, well, don't, don't get me started. Uh, no, I'm just saying, I, if, if, if ever if ever Zach Dale Rocha could make it back, I mean, now's the time, you know? Oh, it would be t- that would be appointment viewing TV. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the N- MC5 are one of those bands that, listen, they don't have the the, long, the length of career, but it's more like a, um, you know, they're not the Velvet Underground as far as influence, but they're an induction, their induction is more for the influence of what they did and for being pioneers and groundbreakers. Got it. Let me ask you what, what you think about the other nominees we haven't discussed very briefly, okay? You got Devo. You're not in front of me, so let's list them. You got, D- you got Devo. Yeah, okay. I-, I don't know. I mean, I can see influence, but I just don't. I just I think it was such a flash in the pan thing. I was saying the same thing. Like, I think it, it was, it's so of the moment, and they were certainly original, and they did influence a lot of popular bands afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that they were around. They had a super unique voice, but... You know, I don't, I don't. I think this stat tells you everything you need to know. They were eligible in 03, and in 2019 is the first year somebody thought to nominate them. Okay. That's yeah. that's that's a stretch. Um, who's John Prime? That's not. It's not good if I'm asking. Oh, John Prime. John, listen, John Prime. He's the incomparable John Prime. I don't. Know. He's eligible in '96. First nomination this year. He looks like he looks like Johnny Cash kind of from this picture. That's not fair to anybody, but anyway. Craftwork. Uh, what do you know about Craftwork? You know, again, as far as influence goes, they're the Velvet Underground, but less commercial. <laughs> so, like the poor man's Velvet Underground. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, a lot of, a lot of like cool artsy people like to list them as a as an influence. Correct. Okay. Nobody, nobody bought their albums when they were out. Just like ten years after the. Fact. Right. I believe they're from Germany. They are another one. They've been nominated five times, but four of those nominations have come in the last six years. So their their label really wants them to be Hall of Famers, so they can like send them out on their like reboot tour. You know. Yeah, it's a that, that's a bunch of sixty year old Rolling Stone writers trying to impress their twenty year old girlfriend. Correct. Correct. You, no one said it better than you. That was perfect. Um, Radiohead, they've said last year they didn't want to be invited and they wouldn't come. So guess what? Double middle fingers to them. You're not invited. Listen, I'm not going to fight it. I've never, I, I, you know, I appreciate Radiohead. I know there's people that like live and die for them and travel all around and I'm, they are musical geniuses. Sure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight for them in this podcast though. I don't, I, yeah, we don't need you to. I mean, yeah. what do you know about Roxy Music? I like Roxy, Roxy Music, uh, but I don't know yeah. if they're Hall of Famers. Are they related to Roxette? If so, I'm in. I don't think they are, but I could be wrong. I know so little. I'm out. Uh, Rufus featuring Chaka Khan. Roscoe P told me he, he'd like to see some of them, some of that funk get in, but you know, he also voted for the Meters last year, which is a very good vote, but they didn't get in either. May I also say, you guys turned me on to the meters last year. The meters are so good, right? I downloaded a ton, a ton of meter stuff that I've never heard, just based on your discussion, and oh my god, so good. The meters are great, and for you, for you, for you guys listening, check out the meters, you're going to like it. Um, yeah. 
I am shocked. We've got two more to go through. and then I'm shocked this is Stevie's first nomination, by the way. Yeah, I know. That does show you some misogyny. I mean, I, I want everybody to know I'm fully on board with Stevie. I just I have my own thoughts on two-time Hall of Famers. That's all. That's fair. Okay. Uh, the Zombies I know nothing about, but their label's been pushing them hard. They've been getting pumped up the last three or four years in a row. Uh, the, the Zombies have a, a couple of those. Was, or were they... Uh yeah, they got a couple of those songs from the 60s that were, that were good. I have them on my iPad. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm just saying if you were eligible in 1989 and nobody bothered to nominate you until 2014, which was your 50th anniversary, you ain't a Hall of Famer. They were, they were a fine band back in the day. That's, that's yeah. not Hall of Fame worthy. Yes, and then Todd Rundgren. I don't know Todd Rundgren. God, I didn't know. Like, and this, I didn't ask you to prepare, by the way, so this is not anybody's yeah, fault, yeah. but... Todd Rundgren's another one that has just been like every, you know, if, if you ever watched what's the movie with the, the movie and the book. Um, oh, with John, with John Cusack? Cusack. High Fidelity, High Fidelity. One of my favorite movies ever. Like, this is like what he would have, would have nominated for like Kraftwerk, Todd Rundgren, like Devo probably. Um, yeah. I think these are, these are music, musicians, musicians. Yes. Um, and, I am no Todd Rundgren expert, but people I respect, love, and support Todd Rundgren. Uh, maybe as far as influence, he's got that. Commercial, nothing, no. No. You know, I think he, it'll be a tough road to hoe for Todd. I do. Yeah. I think I think Todd has a, has a great career. He's well-respected commercially, mildly successful, critically super successful, and I think that's enough for Todd. Gotcha. My hot take on who's going to get in, not who should get in, but who will get in, just yeah. is going to be definitely Stevie, mm-hmm. Def Leppard, Janet Jackson. And then I think we're going to be looking at some combo of like an MC5, Kraftwerk, Roxy Music. One of those three is going to get in for like the, okay. the old white guys, like you said, trying to r- impress their 20-year-old girlfriends. Yeah. And then we're probably going to get like a Rufus and Chaka Khan or like a Zombies like throwback. You think one of those two is going to get in ahead of LL? I do because I saw the vote last year. Last year, LL and Janet were on the ballot, as was the great Whitney Houston. Don't even get me started. And and none of them even none of them even snuff, sniffed the top five. Whitney didn't get in last year, and she's not even on the ballot this year. Yeah, yeah. She'll be back on again because guess what? I'm leading the frigging charge, everybody. Oh, wow. Whitney wow. Houston. I mean, go back and listen to the archives of this show, folks. Filibuster Freestyle. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. It's on filibusterfreestyle.com. Listen to me from like a year ago screaming at Roscoe P. about how great Whitney Houston is. Wait, I, we might have to do something about this because if you... So you're telling me, I'm sensing a pattern here. Whitney Houston, Diana Ross... Tina, Tina Turner, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson are not in the first of their solar careers right now. Hmm. Hmm. So, time for us to get woke, everybody. Interesting. It's time to get woke. Okay. If two white guys in their 40s realize what's going on, the rest of you need to also realize what's going on. We need a class. If Janet doesn't get in this year, we need a class of Tina Turner, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Diana Ross. Can you imagine that, Jam? Well, two of them are dead, so that sucks. Yeah. But okay, sure, sure, sure. There's that. There's that. But who will who will go and be them? Like last year when they did uh, Nina Simone, we saw some Lauren Hill. We saw we saw some really good stuff, you know. So you, you're telling me the influ- the people who've been influenced by Diana Ross, 
and Whitney Houston aren't going to come and just burn that place down in a good way. I mean, it'll you be amazing. You need a whole flyer to come in to come in for that. Oh, give me one moment in time. <laughs> Dude, that would be the, one of the most watched specials ever. That's what I mean. So, so, so Stevie Nicks, good for you. And to Def Leppard, good for you. And, and if, if yeah. I swear to God, if Janet Jackson doesn't get in, I will be we're going to... I would say we'd burn the city of Cleveland down, but the lake catches on fire on its own, so we're good there. Janet Jackson, I think we should put on her list of bona fides, is that her video for Nasty, Nasty Boys, uh, created my sexual revolution. So I would like to thank her for that. That should be on the list of her accomplishments. I think it's at the very top. Yeah, I think so. I've actually heard that that she's thinking it's between you and Tito Jackson on who's going to induct her to the Hall of Fame. So... No. I can't wait. You've had an equally successful career the last 40 years. Correct, correct. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about a future Hall of Famer. Um, the, the filibuster freestyle world is who also happens to be friendly with you or follow you on social media are uh, enchanted by the musings and stylings of your daughter, Annie O. Um, yeah. It looks like she's now into interpretive dance, according to Facebook, <laughs> and it's kind of stunt dancing, if you will. What uh, I just—I've been asked by the—I've been asked by people literally to say, what are her latest activities aside from great interpretive dance? Uh, well, she's a spark plug for sure. Uh, I and uh, I—you call it stunt dancing or interpretive dancing. She thinks it's the most uh, artistic, graceful thing that's ever been produced. So I think that's the best part about it. I, I never like to hear other people talk about their kids. I think it's the lamest thing in the world. So I'm, I'm a little uh, hesitant to do so. But I will say my daughter, the, her charm is in that she is has zero grace at all, but thinks she has all the grace in the world. Right. It's the irrational confidence. Like she's the Dion Waiters of like little kids. And I'm not going to tell her. No. So, so she just dances and prances around looking like, all her limbs are going in different directions and aren't talking to each other. Um, and she thinks and she'll just do like a little bow at the end and be like... Yeah, the presentation is everything. Yeah, exactly. My favorite part, and I, I brought this up, and it's my show, so don't you feel bad about talking about okay. your kid, um, is that usually when she has her epic kind of stunts, if you will, you're able to slow it down on slow-mo. And then I think there was one montage where... It was like her doing the long jump of gymnastics and jumping like an inch. Um, her recent crash into the coffee table, which is amazing. But my favorite was from the Broad Street Run last May when Darrell O'Brien, pundit of the show, was running the race. Your daughter got so excited that her mom was running, she decided she wanted to run too, and she tripped over some lady's leg and went ass over tea kettle. Flew right that flew right. We just happened to be filming. It wasn't even me. It was our friend of ours just happened to be taking a little video of my wife, Dara, Pundit, running running down, and we high-fived, and out of, out of frame, out of nowhere, comes a little Annie O'Brien in a dress, chasing after Mommy, and just trips right onto her face onto the street next to, over somebody's leg. Uh, and we had it on a little loop on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen on Facebook. Uh, uh, that's a low bar, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I hate to you know make the thing is she always bounces back, so it's funny, you know. Oh, she was fine, yeah. I wouldn't. I, it, she was fine. Like she, she didn't need any uh, sir, just a couple scrapes of bandage. Yeah, exactly. And her moxie has not been deterred, so that's good. Um, 
The final thing I'd say is um, are, you mentioned that you are watching the great Bravo show Below Deck. Yes, yes, yes. My only question is the guy Ashton, and I know there's a cliffhanger involving Ashton right now, but uh, does, 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 do you see a little bit of joie from the Below Deck series of, of uh, the Mediterranean Below Deck series in Ashton? Right. Wait, before I answer that question, let me just say, I love this show. I DVR it. I look forward to it. You know, I am, I am Dara Richie O'Brien's husband, so I have to watch it, you know, but we enjoy it so much. But who's Ashton? And I don't even have Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I think he's the really beefcake blonde guy who... Um, oh, yeah, I like him. You do. Do you I see think, any... I don't know. I don't, that's the thing. I don't know. The names I know are Kate. Yeah. And... And the captain. That's it, Captain Lee. Captain Lee. Captain, the kids love Captain Lee. And occasionally Captain Sandy. Yeah. Otherwise, well, anyway, I think this guy is a little bit. Everybody else is so interchangeable and replaceable. Yeah, for sure. That's the beauty of the show. Sonny's the beefcake guy. Yeah. Do, 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 you, do you reminded anything with him with Joao from, from Mediterranean or not really? Yeah. Oh, totally. But I feel like Ashton seems. I, I, Joao, I, I feel like is capable of, of murder. Right. Uh, you know, jo- Joao is capable of, of dark, of going to a dark place. I, I, Ashton, this guy's more fun loving. I would hang out with Ashton. I would ha- have a drink with Ashton. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like the similarities are, are, are purely in that they're pretty jacked and, the, you know, their hair. Uh, other than that, I, I feel like he. He's a, he's not a bad dude. Okay, that's a good answer. I, I I was not the one asking that question. I'm just a vessel. Okay, sure, sure. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't see I, he doesn't alarm me the way Joao alarms me. No, Joel has killed animals. <laughs> may have killed humans in the past and will kill again. <laughs> <laughs> but Joao, if you are listening, we welcome you. And your Hall of Fame choices. Oh. On the filibuster freestyle, of course, of course. Yeah, friend of the pod, Joel. Just, just don't do it in person with me. I want you on the can. I want you on. I want you on on Facetime, buddy. Okay. All right, Dan. Well, listen. Let's catch up for a minute. Um, very helpful. Very impassioned and reason plea for Stevie Nicks. The main thing that I will get on. I did not realize she'd be the first woman to be inducted twice. Isn't that insane? That has to happen, considering there are twenty-two, mostly white dudes. Mostly hacks. Mostly Crosby, Stills, and Nash members. You're right. Complete jabrones inducted twice. Yeah, exactly. And when I, may I say to the to the listeners, uh, not the viewers, uh, to the listeners, if you have some time, to, and if you have an iTunes account, or if not, you could spend a lot worse time than listening to the entire Wild Heart album, or listening, going deep into the catalog of Stevie Nicks, the under, super under, underappreciated, her voice... She could sing the phone book, and it sounds great. You know, put it on the background while you're doing some winter cleaning or something. It's a good, it's a good listen. Bang. Stevie Nicks. I'm going to call it. She'll get in. She will get I, in. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think her and Def Leppard are locks, and everything else is a crapshoot. That goes right along with the whole Jan Leonard Rolling Stone. Like, if they're going to let one woman in, it's going to be Stevie Nicks. Damn right. Damn right. White rock and roll type of thing. Yeah. She'll be the first. No question. And if that doesn't open the damn floodgates for Tina Turner and the rest of the ladies, Better. I swear to God, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm coming for you. Can you imagine a Janet Jackson, Stevie Nicks jam? That would be cool. Oh, my Lord. Right? 
Like, I don't even know like, if Janet Jackson fills the pipes. I, I, I haven't heard her in a decade. It doesn't even matter. Just she doesn't. Can, doesn't matter. Janet Jackson. That'd be cool. Janet right. Jackson made Justin Timberlake a solo artist. Uh, don't get, we could do two full podcasts on that evening. I'm <laughs> furious that, that she took the brunt of that. I don't even get me started. Damn right. All right, we can leave it there. Stick around for a minute, Dan. Everybody else, filibuster freestyle. So happy it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame season. We're going to see where these votes end up. Take it a look on it. Uh, look, look for us on the filibusterfreestyle.com. And, of course, subscribe, for God's sakes, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Thank you.